How many glad to be in the house of God tonight? How many came expecting and believing? How many know God, just one word from God is all you need? God can talk to you just like that. One word from God can solve every question, every problem and situation that you have tonight. Tonight, I want to begin showing you a couple of pictures from our, uh, Tony and I, our most recent, recent vacation. Uh, just, uh, this is, if you can call a place my happy place, this is my happy place. If we could show pictures of the, the, the beach scenes for me. Um, I tell you, um, we've got a couple of pictures up here of, now there, that is St. John's Beach in St. John's U.S. Virgin Islands. And I took that picture from my phone. That's not like a postcard. And if you could see it really closely, there's very few people on the beach, which makes it even better. Yeah. And then there's another one that's a little closer than that. That's just, it, though, you can't see it from the screen. But that water is just clear to- turquoise blue and you can see just top to bottom. You can just see your toes down in the sand. And I'll tell you, did we have a time out there? Oh, my goodness. We had, we had just had such an enjoyable time just with Tony and I, just with each other and meditating on the Lord. And I took my headphones out there and just listening to some gospel music. And when you open your eyes, you're looking at that scenery. And what are you saying, Bill? It was a peaceful place. And uh, everybody may have their own little peaceful place. Man, going back there, we, that's the second time I think we've been to that, that beach. And man, it's just a peaceful, happy place. But you know, it's possible to go to a place that nice and not have peace. We live in a world that's full of chaos, full of turmoil. We live in a world that's full of frustrated people and people who are worried and fearful and going through uh, situations and circumstances. And it's possible. It's not just that, you know, you can be in a, 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 I'd say, a peaceful type environment, but that doesn't give you peace. What, what, what gives me peace comes from the spirit of God. What gives me peace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of peace. And you can have peace walking around in your apartment. You, you, you can have peace on a crowded city bus. You could have peace in a cubicle packed with paperwork. You can have peace no matter where you are. You don't have to go to some, you know, you don't have to go to St. John's at some nice beach to find peace. No, you can have peace right where you are. Tonight's message is titled, God wants you to experience his perfect peace. I wish you'd help me with that. Look at somebody and tell them that. God wants you to experience his perfect peace. Yeah, we're talking about the perfect peace of the Lord. You know, in waiting on the Lord, uh, just saying, Lord, you know, anytime you fill in for pastor, it's always an honor to help uh, Pastor Mrs. Hagen in any way. And, um, but uh, in waiting on the Lord over uh, s- several days, just saying, Lord, what would you have me say? What would you have me say? Man, we came across uh, this scripture that just seemed to leap off the pages to me. And if you'll turn to Isaiah 26, verse 3, is our key text tonight. Isaiah 26, verse 3. And um, the scripture says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. I love that scripture. All those, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I like that. Isaiah 26, verse three. You can, you can put your name in here. God's talking to you. God's talking to you tonight. Uh, there's a rhema word in here for you tonight. If you'll receive, you will, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Tonight we're talking about perfect peace. I remember my dad, he's in heaven, but I remember uh, before he was saved, I was at that time the only uh, person born again in my family. 
And the rest of my family, they thought I was a complete nut. They thought I had lost my mind. They thought I had gone away to college and lost my mind when I gave my life to Jesus. And, uh, and so my dad, he told me one time during, during one of our, what I call one of our great debates, uh, I used to debate with my dad back and forth, point, counterpoint. He was, you know, real philosophical, educational, had worked hard all his life and gone to school at night. And, and I was really proud of my dad, but but uh, the things of faith was not something he initially embraced at all. As a matter of fact, we were on like polar opposites, 180 degrees from each other. And, and the, the only thing he disagreed with in my whole life, he disagreed with two things when I became a Christian. And then when I announced I was going to follow the Lord's call into the ministry. <laughs> but during, then the Lord told me to stop debating with him. And when I did, he got born again within six months. I started praying for him instead of just debating with him. I'd been just debating with him. And years passed. But when I stopped debating and started praying, he got born again in six months. But during one of those debate times, my dad said to me, tell me one thing that Christ has done for you. Just give me one thing. I, he said, don't, you know, uh, don't give me a bunch of fluff here. I just want you tell me one tangible thing that Christ has done for you, because I don't think Christ has done anything for you. And, um, and so I told him Christ is, he said, just give me one. I said, Christ has filled my heart with a perfect peace. He's filled my heart with peace. And my dad, in his ignorance and arrogance at that time, you know, he said, I got the same thing. He said, you know, I, I got it out of reading books and philosophy and studying, you know, philosophers. And, you know, he had all this list of philosophers he had studied. Anyway, and so I said, dad, it's not the same thing. The peace I'm talking about is not the same thing you're talking about. We're talking about two different things. He said, no, no, no. It's the same thing. I, I read a philosophy book. I get peace. It's the same thing you're talking about. So therefore Christ has not done anything for you that philosophy had done for me. And so we debated and I just kept saying that it's not the same thing. And he kept saying it is the same thing. And then, uh, then after he got born again, he called me and he said, he was crying. He said, Bill, do you remember the conversation we had one time about peace? And you told me when I asked you, what has Christ done for you? One thing you said, he's given you a perfect peace. He said, you remember, I told you at that time that I got the same thing from reading philosophy books. Do you remember that? And I said, I I remember that he's crying through his tears. He just got born again. He said, I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. He said, the peace of God is on me so strong right now. He said, I never felt anything like this in my whole life. He, could say, he said, I can tell you, in my whole life, I've never experienced what I'm experiencing right now through Christ. The perfect peace of God is all on me. And he said, I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And he pleaded for forgiveness. And of course, you know, we, we granted. Tonight, we're talking about the perfect peace of God. And our key scripture is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. As I say, there's so much strife everywhere you go, strife among neighbors, strife among family members. I went to our HOA um, homeowners association meeting last night and I thought a war broke out. You know, it was, it was a strife filled meeting. They had to adjourn. Everybody had to slip out. I thought, oh my goodness, you know. Uh, it got ugly. There's strife everywhere you go today, it seems like. There's strife between people, strife between Christians. There's strife everywhere you go. Turn on the TV, there's strife and turmoil. And people are not at peace. And even people, Christian people of all the people on the planet should be filled with peace. And yet so few Christians are experiencing real peace. But I want to say this from the onset, that real peace has one source, and that is God Almighty. 
I said real peace has one source and it is God Almighty. And God, he can give you peace in the middle of a storm. God, he can give you peace in the middle of a frustrating situation. God, he can give you peace when you have to make a critical decision. God can give you peace down there on the job. God can give you peace in the midst of your family members. God wants you and I to experience his perfect peace. In James chapter 3, verse 14, in the Passion Translation, it says this, but if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting or being phony. That has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. Verse 16, so whenever, uh, uh, wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate and teachable. It's filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. A poll was taken in uh, 2023 Um, And it revealed the top 10 things that people worry about. The top 10 things that people worry about. Here they are in order. Uh, The first one was money and finances. The second one was health and safety of loved ones. The third one was job and career worries. The fourth one was relationship problems. The fifth one was anxiety and depression. People worried about that. The sixth one was uh, their appearance and weight worries. Uh, The seventh one was world events and politics. The eighth one was COVID-19 pandemic worries. The ninth one was sleep problems. And the tenth one was death and dying. Polling people, people are worried about those different things. I want to say this, three things that worry has the power to do. If you're a worry, I mean, I, I, I was a worrier at a young age. Maybe not when you saw me when I was up and about with my friends. I was pretty happy-go-lucky. But, but at night, when I put my head on my pillow, man, I learned how to worry. I worried about my mom. I worried about my mother and father. They'd been divorced. My mom had been ill. I worried about my sisters. I worried about my future. I worried about a lot of stuff. But let me say this. Three things that worry has the power to do. Worry has the power to do these three things. Number one, worry has the power to ruin your health and your immune system. Worry will destroy your health. Worry will put stress on you and cortisol will break down your immune system if you're not careful. Worry has the power, secondly, to make you age faster and beyond your years. Worry will age you. Yeah. Thirdly, worry has the power to cut years off of your life. There's nothing about worry that you and I want. There's nothing about worry that you and I can benefit from. Listen, three things that worry does not have the power to do. Worry doesn't have the power to put money into your account. You can worry all day, all night. That's the number one thing that people worry about is money. And and you can worry all day and all night. It's not going to improve your financial condition by one penny. Secondly, worry doesn't have the power to make people like you. You can be in conflict with people and going through things, but worry, you can worry about that all you want. Worry is not going to change one iota whether or not people like you. And thirdly, worry is not going to resolve any conflict in your life. Worry doesn't have the power to do those things. So worry then becomes a choice that we make. 
And here are some basic facts from the Word of God regarding God's perfect peace, because God wants you and I tonight to experience, to walk in the blessings of his perfect peace. In every area of life, in our financial affairs, in our, in our business affairs, in our, in our spiritual affairs, and whatever it is with our family and friends, God's got perfect peace for you. You may be here tonight, you may be listening to this message, and you may be going through a storm, but listen, uh, uh, God has perfect peace for you if you'll receive it. In whatever situation, I, uh, when, I, the, the, when I, I bought a car, I don't know, a year ago or so, uh, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, man, you know, praying about that, praying about that, praying about that. But I'll never forget, on the way, I was on my way over to a dealership. I told a guy I was going to come over and look at some cars he had. I'll never forget what happened on the way over there. I was praying in the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God came all over me, and his perfect peace descended on me in that car. And I felt, I'm, supposed to, I'm not supposed to go to that dealership. I'm supposed to go to another dealership. I called that guy and said, listen, we'll have to go another day. I'm not coming. And uh, I went to another dealership, and I had such a peace when I pulled up in there. And man, I found my car in 15 minutes following God's perfect peace. God confirmed my spouse that way, following his perfect peace. So here's some basic facts regarding God's perfect peace. Number one, as I say, real peace comes from the Father and is an extension of his presence. Listen now, peace with God comes from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. Acts 10.36 in the New Living, look there with me. Acts 10.36 in the New Living Translation says this. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Without a relationship with Jesus, you'll never come to know God's perfect peace. It is through a relationship with Christ. Perfect peace begins because of Christ, because of what he's done. He's reconciled us to the Father, and he's the only one who could have done it. Perfect peace begins when we come to know Jesus. We, uh, we can only have peace with God. We can only have peace with God because of what Christ has done for us. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Everything that Christ has accomplished for you and I and our redemptive realities is what enables you and I to have peace. God identifies himself as the God of peace. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I know I'm going a little faster tonight. Run with me. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the New Living Translation says this, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That scripture showing how mankind is a triune being. Listen, but God has peace for us and God identifies himself as the God of peace. Next, God wants you and I to have peace no matter what the circumstance, situation that we find ourselves in. God has provided peace for us. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself, notice that, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. God's got peace for you and I, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. 
I've said here before, I remember when my, when my dad passed away, I was in New Jersey, really busy and had responsibility to uh, plan the service and uh, to preach the service and um, to produce the funeral video, to get my sisters, all my relatives picked up, those who had to be picked up and some had to get to airports and I had responsibilities for all of that. And when I did all of that, I was exhausted at the end of the day. We'd had a wonderful day, a wonderful celebration, homegoing celebration for my dad. And uh, I was hungry and I, I, I've shared this story. I, I was coming back to his house and I was, hadn't eaten and, and very much and I saw a Burger King and I thought, I'm just going to go get a chicken meal at the Burger King. And I, my rental uh, vehicle, I pulled up to the Burger King, ordered a chicken meal. And I was thinking while I was waiting in line, I got so much to do. How am I going to get all this stuff done? I've got a little less than a week off. I've got to get a house full of furniture emptied. I've got to get a house on the market. I've got to get an attorney hired. I've got to execute some things for his estate. I've got so many things to do as I was waiting on my chicken meal, thinking, how am I going to get it all done? And I'll never forget what happened after that. I, I, I'd ordered my meal and I, I got up to the window to pay. And the lady said, you can't pay the man ahead of you. He already paid and he was already gone. And she said, but he did ask for your receipt. He did write something on the receipt and he did ask me to give you the receipt. And so she handed me the receipt that the man, the car ahead of me that, which is already gone, they had already paid. And, um, the receipt said, God loves you. Touch my heart. I looked at the receipt and I could just feel the peace of God, the peace of God just coming all over me behind the wheel of that rental car. And I looked further down at the receipt for some reason, and then I saw your server today was J-E-S-U-S. I'm sure Jesus was a terrific Hispanic brother, but I didn't take it that way. <laughs> I had a rhema word off of Jesus' name. Your server today was J-E-S-U-S. And I melted behind the wheel in that rental car underneath the peace of God. And God gave me the strength and the grace to get everything done. He helped me in immeasurable ways. God's got peace for you tonight. He's got perfect peace for you tonight. God's got peace for you in every situation and circumstance. The Bible says that Satan is the source of chaos and fear, frustration, and, 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 and ultimately uh, the things we worry about. But the good news is that the, the God of peace has given us victory over Satan who is under our feet. And Romans 16, 20 says it this way. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I like that. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. How many know Satan's already a defeated foe? Praise God. But did you know there are different levels of peace that you and I can experience depending upon our own yieldedness to God? Second Peter 1, 2 says it this way. Second Peter 1, 2. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Think about that. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, uh, our Savior. So the, so the thing is, and Jesus, uh, our Lord. So the thing is, listen, as we grow in Christ, as we become more mature, we're able to uh, uh, adapt and adjust ourselves, be more uh, receptive uh, more yielded would probably be the best word to his peace. And so just because you've uh, had a measure of peace, 
uh, in your life of the peace of God, experiencing the peace of God, God wants to take you and I to a whole new level of experiencing his perfect peace. And scripture is chock full of examples who experienced what I believe was the perfect peace of God. Go with me to Acts chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. We see here that Stephen, I believe, experienced the perfect peace of God. In Acts chapter 6, verse 12, it says, This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen, brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple, against the law of Moses. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple, change the custom of Mo- that Moses handed down. Verse 15, And at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. They saw something in this man's face when he was facing death. They were essentially deciding if they were going to stone him, and they looked over at him. And in the midst of that, I believe what he was experiencing was God's perfect peace. In the midst of the heat of the battle, in the midst of adversity, they had hired people to lie against him. But when they looked at his face, his face reflected the glory of God. His face reflected God's perfect peace. And he was able to experience peace in the midst of a stressful situation. Secondly, we see Peter experience the perfect peace of God. This is the night before he was supposed to be killed. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Go with me there. Acts 12, verse 1. Peter experienced God's perfect peace. In a situation, it's the night before he's supposed to be executed. The scripture says, Acts 12, verse 1, about that time King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. It means he cut his head off. Verse 3, when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. And this took place during the Passover celebration. And then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers. So he's got 16 soldiers guarding Peter. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. And suddenly there was a bright light in the cell. The angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell from his wrist. And then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. And he ordered. And so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. And they passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them all by itself. And they passed through and started walking down the street. And the angel suddenly left him. I often meditate on this scripture and think, wow, what was Peter thinking the night before Herod's going to put him on public trial and then kill him, cut his head off like he did James? And... Um, But Peter was sound asleep. He's sleeping so soundly, the angel has to smite him in the side. The angel has to actually hit him in the side to wake him up. I think I might have been sleeping with one eye open that night. I always joke, you know. But Peter was sleeping soundly. He must have known that Psalm 4 verse 8 says, I will both lay me down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. God's got peace for you. Paul experienced perfect peace during a bad storm what would have been a certain shipwreck in Acts 27, verse 23. Go with me to Acts 27, verse 23. Paul describes having seen an angel the night before. After being in a storm so severe for 14 days, hardened sailors had not eaten. 
Acts 27, verse 23. Paul said, For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. Just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. And then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, broke off a piece and ate it. And then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us uh, who were on board. Wow. In the midst of a storm that should have killed him, Paul experienced what I believe was perfect peace. God wants you and I to experience his perfect peace. But as I say, sadly, so many people fall short of that. And the scripture says that God has promised to give you and I rest as believers, but so few people enter that rest. Hebrews 4.1 says this, God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. 4.6, Hebrews 4.6 says this, for God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So even though there's a promise of God's peace, many oftentimes forfeit it or fail to receive it. But tonight, God sent me to remind, to remind us that he wants you and I to experience his perfect peace, no matter what the problem, no matter what the situation. So what keeps us from experiencing God's peace? Let's talk about that just for a minute. What keeps us from experiencing God's peace? Well, there are several things. I identified three, but what keeps us from experiencing God's peace? Number one, we allow ourselves to get too busy. Number one, we allow ourselves to get too busy. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, you know a familiar story. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. What was it that Mary had discovered? I'm sure there were several things. But I bet you that one of the things she discovered was how to rest in his peace and listen to his word undistracted. Mark 135 says that Jesus in the morning, long before daylight, he got up and went out to the deserted place and there he prayed. Even the Lord Jesus pushed back on his schedule to make sure that he had time to spend with the Father. If we're going to experience God's perfect peace, my friend, we're going to have to push back from the business in our lives. Now, there's no doubt that we're all busy. There's no doubt that we all are running and life is just busy. That's just a fact of life. Life is busy and there's no way to change that. But life must also be prioritized. And in the middle of our busyness, we must prioritize our time with the Lord. And one reason that people don't experience this perfect peace is that they don't prioritize their time with the Lord. Mary sat at his feet and listened to his word. Jesus got up a great while before day and went out to spend time with the Father. Whether you spend time with him in the morning, in the noon, or at night, really doesn't matter. The fact is, we need to push away from our busy schedules, from the busyness of life, and experience his perfect peace. 
Secondly, what keeps us from experiencing his, per- his perfect peace? Wrong thinking. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God, break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, listen, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. I love that. Yeah. We need to capture renegade thoughts like prisoners of war and insist that they bow to the anointed one. Wrong thinking can block the perfect peace of God and keep us from completely experiencing what God has so wonderfully provided for us. And thirdly, lastly, what keeps us from experiencing the peace of God? We don't spend enough time worshiping God and thanking him for the solution to our problems. When you read Acts chapter 16, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You know this story. Acts 16, 25 through 30, it's Paul and Silas. And what happened, you know, when they got in trouble, they got uh, arrested and beaten for casting a demon out of a girl. And she couldn't tell anybody's fortune. And after that, and her owners were upset and they beat them and put their feet in the stocks and uh, their hands and feet. But at midnight, they started praying and singing praises, hymns of praise unto God. And the other prisoners were listening. They knew how to thank God in the midst of their adversity. My friend, when you can thank God in the middle of your adversity, God's perfect peace will come on you. I've been through so many different circumstances in my life. I know that you have as well. I remember in the middle of a divorce situation, how comforting God's presence and peace were to me. In the middle of going through the adversity of all of that, God's peace came on me again and again and again. I look back and say, Lord, how did I make it through all of that? And then I remember your peace kept me. Your peace blessed me. Your peace held me. Your peace enveloped me. God wants you and I to experience his perfect peace. There are two levels of his peace. There's what's called partial peace. And then there's called what I'm talking about tonight, perfect peace. Partial peace is is good, but it's not enough. Partial peace is when we're not yielded enough. It doesn't mean that his peace is is literally partial. His peace is there for us to partake of. But we have to yield our hearts. We have to be receptive to it. And when we're receptive to God's peace, oh, how he wants to flood you and I with his peace like a river. Peace, having to make that critical decision. Peace, having to decide whether to stay in that job. Peace, having to decide whether to buy that home. Peace, having to decide what school your kid goes to. God has perfect peace for every scenario. Don't, re- don't, don't accept partial peace. Partial peace is like Peter when he walked on the water out there. And we're not going to read that, but in, you, the, in Matthew 14, 30 and 31, you would know the story of Peter walking on the water. He sank why his, he lost his faith as he was walking. But um, sometimes we forfeit our peace that same way. We can start out in peace and then forfeit our peace because we take our eyes off of Jesus To walk in perfect peace, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. We have to keep our eyes focused. John 14, 27 says this about perfect peace. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. When Jesus said, don't be troubled or afraid, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Don't forget, my friend, the amazing benefits of following after God's peace. 
God's peace will lead us into making spirit-led decisions. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says this in the Amplified uh, Classic Version. Colossians 3, 15. Let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling. Sorry about that, Mike, tonight. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, Christ's one body, you were called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. The Bible says there, let God's peace rule and act as an umpire in our hearts. If we'll let God's peace make the final call consistent with his will, man, how he'll lead us into his perfect peace. Anyone who's been tormented by fear and worry, I want to remind you, Jesus has provided and set you free totally from God's perfect peace. What an awesome sermon we heard on Sunday. Brother Craig ministered uh, and dealing with worry and mental, mental, more mental illness type issues. Uh, but what an awesome message. If you didn't hear that, you should get that and listen to that if you're being tormented tonight. Finally, I want to say Acts 10 38. The Bible says God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. He went about doing good. In particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. My friend, as I close tonight, I want you to stand up on your feet and let's say this confession together. And I want you to not just say it, but I want you to believe in your heart. I want you to open your heart to the Lord and I want you to prepare to receive his peace. God doesn't want you walking around in worry and in strife. I want you to say this after me, if you will. Tonight, I choose to walk in perfect peace. My heavenly father is the God of perfect peace. Jesus died to give me perfect peace. So I repent if I have any unconfessed worry or fear. And if so, father, forgive me for failing to trust you as I should. I accept your offer of perfect peace and I claim your perfect peace over my life, over my mind, over my family. I command worry, fear, strife to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that I should be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, to let my request be made known to you. So I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and I know you'll add all things to me that I need to overflow with peace. I refuse to let my heart be troubled or to let it be afraid. I release the perfect peace of God to come upon me. Father, cause your peace to rise from within me. Cause your peace to flow over me like a mighty river. Cause your peace 
to lead me down in my spirit to act as my umpire and my final authority consistent with your word. And finally, Father, I endeavor to be filled with, to be led by your Holy Spirit and then walk in your perfect peace. And in Jesus' name, amen. My friend, God wants you to have a peace-filled week, a week filled with perfect peace. Our prayer partners are coming down. If you want prayer and agreement for anything, these men and women are anointed to pray. That's what they do. They have a supply of the Spirit, and they'll agree with you, and you won't leave like you came in Jesus' name. So as we're dismissed here, men come to the men, ladies go to the ladies. Take a little extra time, I encourage you. Wait on the Lord. Take a little extra time. Worship the Lord. Thank Him. Take a little extra time. Get your mind clear. Cast down wrong thoughts. And experience this week on your job, in your family, wherever you are, the perfect, perfect peace of the Lord. His presence is in this place right now. His presence is permeating this place right now. Just receive His peace. Jesus died for you to be full of peace. Oh, my. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. Just lift your hands to him one time before we go. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your perfect peace. Thank you for enveloping us with your perfect peace. Thank you for the power of your perfect peace. In Jesus' name.